Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Now, it's a new month. And it's a new term. It might as well be a new us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So it's a new term, it's a new month, and it's a new series. Amen. I am introducing to us our new series for the month of May, and our new series is Oneness. Wow. Somebody say oneness. oneness. Come on, you can do better than that. Somebody say Oneness. oneness. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number four, verse number four and verse number five. The Bible says, there is one body. Somebody say one body. body. Come on, you can do better than that. One body. body. There is one body, one spirit. Say one one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope. Say one hope. One hope of your calling. One Lord. Say one Lord. One faith, say one faith. One baptism, say one baptism. One God, say one God. And Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. For there is only one God, and there is only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. We have declared that this year is the year of Jesus Christ. This is the Jesus year. And the Bible says there is only one God. It says there is only one mediator between God and man. It says there is one body. It says there is one spirit. There is one hope. There is one Lord and one faith. And there is one baptism. And there is one God. And the title of our message this morning is One Body. Somebody say One Body. body. Jesus has one body. And we are that body. We are all members of that body of Christ. Please turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 16. The Bible says, the cup of blessing which we bless Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Now, in the Bible, the church is depicted as many entities. Especially when you read the book of Ephesians, you will realize that the church is depicted as many entities, such as in another place it is depicted as a house or a building. In another place it is depicted as a family. In another place it is depicted as an army. It is also depicted as a bride. So just by what we have mentioned, we can see what we should look like as the body of Christ. Because also in the book of Ephesians, it is also depicted as a body, the body of Christ. Now all of these things that are mentioned in the book of Ephesians 
to describe the church, we can easily derive from all of those things how we are supposed to be. You know, when you talk about a house, it's something that is structured. When you're talking about the, a building, it's something that is structured. When you talk about a family, you are talking about a place of love. When you are talking about an army, you are talking about people who are able to fight, who are able to stand their ground, who are able to stand up for what they believe in. People who are disciplined. I don't think there is any place where there is discipline like in the army. I've never been in the army, but I'm sure Brother Tony can help us because he's been in the army. Maybe that's why he's so disciplined because there you don't wake up whenever you want to wake up. There you don't wear whatever you want to wear. There you don't do things as you please, but there are commanders that will command and you will have to take your position. Why? Because you are ready in season and out of season. Why is the army, what is the, 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 the first thing that the government goes to if there is a crisis? It is because they are supposed to be ready. Even when the country is not ready for a crisis, the army must be ready. So the church is depicted as an army, which means we can even look at the army and see how are we supposed to be? Are we as disciplined as we are supposed to be? When we look at the bride, we, 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 we think about the center of attraction. Everyone wants to see us. Are we that appealing? Just by looking at how the church is depicted in the, in the book of Ephesians, it's depicted in all of these things that we can even look at and look at ourselves as well. So it is also depicted as a body, the body of Christ. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 1, verse number 22, and verse number 23, it says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So now if we are the church, and the church is his body, then it means we are his body. It means it is us who are his body. The Bible says in the book of First Corinthians, chapter number 12, verse number 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So now, when we come to church, we come to church, which is a body. Even though we come as individuals and we are still individual members, but we come to be equipped to become one, to become one body. We come together to be equipped. Together, we are equipped by the fivefold ministry. We are equipped by the apostles, by the teachers, by the pastors, by the evangelists, and by the prophets, so that we can become this one body that God wants us to become, so that we can be built up in the spirit to become his body because that is exactly what he wants us to become. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number four, verse number 12. 
and verse number 16. I'm going to read it in the TPT. It says, for his body has been formed in his image. So as his body, we have been formed in his image. And is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. So in other words, when you are a member of the church, you belong to this body of Christ called the church, God equips you with gifts, God gives you talents, and those gifts are not for your own benefit. But those gifts are for the body. Those gifts are for each and everyone that is connected to the body. And it says, joined together and constantly connected as one, and every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. So your, your gifts are just so that you can contribute to the growth of all because we cannot be sufficient to ourselves. There is a gift from somebody else that you need for your growth and somebody else has a gift that is needed by somebody else for their growth. But also the one next to you has a gift that you need for your growth. That is why in most cases, in most cases people who don't want to be connected, rooted and grounded in the church, their growth in the Lord and their growth in life generally is actually sometimes very much uh, uh, unstable. Why? Because you can never have all the gifts that you need for you to fulfill your purpose. It is impossible that you can have it all to fulfill that which God has called you to do. It is impossible that you can have it all for you to be able to do the things that God wants you to do. So these gifts are divine, but these gifts are to be contributed for the growth of all. Even though the gifts are given to you, but the gifts are not meant for you. The gifts that are given to you are meant for others. The gifts that are, are given to others are meant for you. These divine gifts are for the growth of all. But that only comes when we are one and we belong to the body. And then he continues to say, for the growth of all, and as these gifts are operate and as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body. So the effectiveness of your gift will be seen in operation throughout the body. If it is not operating throughout the body, it will not be effective. You will end up saying to yourself, maybe I was not meant to bring about impact in life. Maybe I was not meant to bring about change in other people's lives. And that is not the case. It's just that you are not one with the body. You are not joined to the body. You are not connected to the body. And then your gift is not flowing effectively. Your gift is not operating effectively throughout the whole body. And then it says, we are built up and made perfect in love. We have one Lord. 
That's the reason why we need to be one. That's the reason why we need to come together, forge forward together, be connected to one another, be joined as the members of this body. Come together. I know many people don't love people. Somebody even once said, they bore me, Lord. Your people bore me. Many of us are bored by people. However, you will, never be affa- you will never be effective in life, no matter how gifted you are, unless you embrace people. Unless, unless you embrace the fact that you need to belong to a body. Unless you, 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 you embrace the fact that you are not supposed to be growing in isolation. You were not meant to grow in, in isolation, but you were meant to be joined together with every other believer. Amen. Everything that we do in the church, everything that we announce in the church, the discipleship classes that we announce, the connect groups that we announce, they are so that we can solidify the body, so that then we can be joined together. And as we are joined together, then our gifts will operate effectively and then we will be able to impact one another. We will impact one another with our gifts. We will impact one another with our talents. We will impact one another with that which God has placed in the inside of us. Whatever it is that God has put in your heart is needed by somebody else. The person that is seated next to you probably needs the exact thing that you are hiding. Which means as soon as you embrace people and you say, I am not an isolation on my own, but I belong to a body, the sooner then you will see how effective your gifts will be. Some of us become frustrated by the gifts that we have because every gift and everything that we have in the inside of us that has been built by God, that has been put by God, needs a place of expression. Every gift needs a place of expression. If you have a gift in the inside of you, let me tell you, it is not so that it can decorate your inside. But the gift that you have in the inside of you, it is so that it can flow from you to others. And when it flows from you to others, you become fulfilled. Everything that God puts in the inside of you, if you drink it yourself, it's poisonous. Somebody once said, the oil that you have, if you drink it yourself, it will poison you. If you drink all the oil oil that you have and you you just let it lie in the inside of you, it's going to poison you. It can turn against you. But every gift that God has given you, every talent that God has given you, it's for the body. A place of expression so that it can come out and be used. And as it is being used, we grow together. Because it is for the growth of the church. Somebody say amen. Amen. So unity is important. Togetherness is important. Oneness is important. Because we serve one Lord. Amen. 
The Lord that we serve is the Lord that wants us to be united. The Lord that wants us to be together. That is why we need not to forsake the gathering of the saints, the Bible says. Because when we are together, that's where then we will flow in a way that God wants us to flow. We have one Lord. Unity is of great essence in the church because we have one Lord. We cannot say we are going to separate ourselves and do things the way we want them because the one Lord requires for us to be one because he is also one. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians where we have read in, in, in verse number five, it says, where we re, where, where, it says, uh, we have one Lord. The, de- the Bible does not shy away, and it clearly tells us that we have one Lord. And because we have one Lord, unity is of essence in the church. We are to be joined together. We are to be connected to one another so that the one Lord can work in our midst. The one Lord wants to work in the body. The one Lord wants to work in the body that is united. The one Lord wants to be the head of the one body. Because the head is one. Because the Lord is one. And therefore the body, imagine just an analogy of a human being. If you could just walk to pick and pay or to check us, and then you see a person that has a head but many bodies. It's a monster. You will run. So the same with the church. We have one Lord who is the head of the church. And we cannot then want to be many bodies. We need to be one body but many members. We are a many-membered body. We are not a many bodies. We have one Lord and therefore we need to be united and become one body. Unity in the church is important. Why do we have every activity that we have? We want to achieve the unity that Jesus Christ wants us to achieve as his body. Also, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number six, verse number four, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So the oneness of our God is something that he did not hide from us. He keeps telling us all over in his word that he is one. Somebody may be saying, but there is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is one manifesting himself in three. Manifesting himself in three. He manifests himself as the Son, manifests himself as as, as the Father, and also as the Holy Spirit. But he is one. Somebody say one. And therefore, because he is one, he does not want division in his church. That is one thing that God does not want. Everything that we do, we need to make sure that we strive for unity because God hates division. God does not like division. The Lord who is one wants oneness in his church. The Lord who is one wants unity in his church. He does not want division. 
And anyone who divides the body is actually challenging the head. If you happen to divide the body, you are challenging the head because the head wants his body to be one. God does not want division in his church. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 25 and verse number 26, it says, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And now, people who cause division in the church, in the first century church, they were very much avoided. In the first century church, they did not have a problem of avoiding people who cause division. So in other words, even if you love that person, in the early church, that's how one they were. That's how united they were. You were able to be spotted, just like when doctors are doing a spot di di um, diagnosis. When, they can just, when you walk into their rooms and they can see what you are suffering from. So in the early church, that is what was happening. The way they were so united, you could spot somebody who wanted to divide the church. And they were dealing with them harshly. They were not very nice to the people who caused division in the church. Why? Because they understood how important it was for the church to remain in unity. They were able to know that God does not want his body to be divided amongst itself because there was a lot at stake if they could allow division to come into the church. So they were able to spot everyone who was trying to divide the church and they were avoided at all costs. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Romans 16, 17. It says, now I urge you, brethren, this is the early church, note those who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. They were being taught that unity is of great essence. Unity is of great importance. Unity is of great benefit to all of us. And therefore we cannot lose the benefits that are there for us just because there is someone who is being naughty. Just because there is someone who is trying to sow seeds of division. So they were taught to say, brethren, note them. When you note somebody, it means you are giving them a side eye. You continue with this thing of talking ill of the leaders of the church. I'm noting. You continue with the offenses all the time you are offended. I'm noting. At first I felt sorry for you because I thought you were being genuine. There's an offense. But this offense is every day. I'm noting you. For now, maybe I am not going to avoid you 
But I'm just noting you to see if you are going to change. Yeah. Ah, you come back, you are still the same. Yeah. Even the doctrine that is being taught in the house, yeah. you are teaching your own doctrine on yeah. the side. Yeah. Even the doctrine that is laid by the apostles, you are saying that was wrong, this is right. You are saying they shouldn't have said that, they should have said that. You are saying, I don't want to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. There is no need for you to do it this way. What are you doing? You are sowing seeds of discord, seeds of division. You are noted. For in the early church, the Bible says, note those who cause divisions and offenses. And those who are busy talking contrary to the doctrine which is learned, note them. And then it does not stop there. So you note them. After you have noted them, you avoid them. So the first step, note. The second step, avoid. Mark and avoid. Why? Because if they are causing division in the church, they are going to cost us, and you will see just now as I am about to close. And division is one of the things that the Lord hates. God does not like division at all. In fact, he hates it. Somebody is saying in their hearts, Mamfundis, but God is love. Why are you saying God hates division? Yes, God is capable of hating. Yeah. As much as God is love, but he is capable of hating. There are things that he hates. Listen to what the Bible says, because somebody is like, please, scripture, Mamfundisi, I think God is just a loving God. God has got nothing that he hates. He is not capable of hating. Uh, it is people who are haters. God is not a hater. <laughs> Proverbs chapter number six, verse number 16. God has got things that he hates. Listen to what he says. This is the Lord speaking. The Bible says in Proverbs, Solomon there are six things that the Lord hates. You see, he can hate. He doesn't hate one. He hates six things. And many others probably that we have not discovered in the Bible, but listen to this one that we have discovered. Obviously, he hates sin. But listen to these that we are talking about. It says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven. In other words, just as I'm saying that maybe there are others we did not uh, uh, discover. Solomon, the same thing here. He mentions six. And then he says, no, there's another one that I have discovered. There's seven of them. He says, they are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deceives, that devices, sorry, that devices wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. The way you kitchumanga corner, mauyo wenzogubi. No manga betu injia shangeu kitchumanga njal. 
But the Lord hates those things. Swift in running to evil. And then verse number 19 says, a false witness who speaks lies. And then at the end it says, and one who sows discord amongst brethren. One who sows discord amongst brethren is the one who causes division in the church. The Bible says the Lord hates that person. So you can cause division in the church and say the Lord loves me, you've got another thing coming. God cannot love you while you are doing that. Why? Because if there is someone who is harming your body, will you continue loving that person? You will want to defend yourself without even thinking. It will automatically happen because whoever touches your body touches you. So it's the same with the Lord. When you cause division or discord in his body, which is the church, then you are fighting the head. You are fighting the Lord himself. And the Lord is not going to let you go scot-free because he is hurting for his body. And this body he died for. He established the church through his death. And therefore, if anyone divides his body, he is the one who's going to deal with that person. And it's not a nice thing. And therefore, it is important that we become those people who never sought discord in the church, who never sought discord in the house of the Lord. Division in the house of the Lord is caused by us. It is never caused by the Holy Spirit. It is never caused by anything else. It's never caused by God. But it is always caused by us as people. And therefore, we need to make up our minds and decide, starting from this morning, that we are going to be a part of the unity that Christ wants in his church. We are going to contend for the unity that Christ wants for his church to be. We are going to be part of the body, come together, so that we can be able to be a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because we are one. If you don't believe me, ask those who were building the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis. They were one and the Bible says they are not going to fail at anything. That's why then God came down himself. He did not even send an angel. He came down himself to destroy that thing because then he said this is dangerous. They are going to become exactly like me. Why? Because they are one. That's the power of unity. The power of unity. Unity can cause you to run more than you can ever run alone. Unity can cause you to build bigger than you can ever build alone. Unity can cause you to know things that you were not going to know unless you belonged in the body. Unity can cause you to be able to go to higher heights, to rise to higher dimensions and higher levels of your calling. Why? Because you have Subject yourself to oneness. It's up to you to subject yourself as a member of the body of Christ to the oneness of the body so that then you can have the benefits of belonging to the body. Now, why must we be one? 
And why must there be no division amongst us? Why must we mark and avoid those who are sowing discord in the church? Those who are sowing seeds of discord within the brethren. Why must we bother to achieve this unity? Why must we bother to become part of the body? Why must we bother? It is because that's where the blessing flow. The blessing flows and the blessing manifests where there is unity. There is the blessing that is already there that God has placed just so that we can be partakers of that blessing only if we belong to the body. Only if we are in one accord in the body. Only if we are rooted and grounded in the body. The scripture says the Holy Communion table reminds us. It reminds us of the, of the fact that the blessing flows and it manifests where there is unity. Because when they were sitting together, they were in one accord. And then Jesus started serving Holy Communion. When we come together, we come together on the basis of redemption. Each time we come together and we partake of the Holy Communion, we are reminding ourselves that we are equal in the eyes of God. We are reminding ourselves that we are the ones who are supposed to bring each other together and then know that this is on the basis of redemption. This is not on the basis of my background. This is not on the basis of the family that I was born in. This is not on the basis of what I have in my bank account. This is not on the basis of the influence that I have out there. But this is on the basis of redemption. So the blood of Jesus Christ levels the ground. If you don't want to become a part of the body, you are missing out because the ground has been leveled in such a way that in the church and in the body you can be next to a person that ordinarily you wouldn't even come close to. In the church as the body we find ourselves with those who are highly educated serving those who are not that educated. In the church we find like let me make an example in Hillcrest there's a host who is a doctor. Everyone is always shocked the way she serves. And she's a doctor, Dr. Boniso. She's a doctor. Everyone is always shocked when, whenever they discover that Boniso is a doctor, they, got, they get shocked. Boniso, early in the morning in the car, and her helper, and make her way to church to make sure that tea and cups for the visitors are ready. Levels the ground. And then someone who has nothing walks into the Hillcrest campus after the church service. They are served by Boniswa, who went to school for more than seven years. Who is called doctor wherever she goes. She has a title. But if I come in and I am visiting the Hillcrest campus, the blood levels the ground. I get there and I sit down and I feel like I have a headache. I don't have to be rushed to the doctor because the doctor is making tea for me right now. Levels the ground. 
Maybe I have never even seen how a teen looks like. Amen. But the tea I'm drinking wow. is made by a doctor. Wow. Levels the ground. Wow. Holy communion reminds us as we are going to partake Amen. of the fact that the blessing is for each and every one of us. Yeah. It does not matter where you come from. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter what your name is. It does not matter what you have done before. The blood of Jesus Christ gives us equal opportunity to come before the throne of grace with boldness. Our boldness does not come from what we have. Our boldness does not come from who we are. But our boldness comes from the fact that the blood was also shed for me. It does not matter who is seated next to me. The blood, the same blood was shed for them. And the same blood was shed for me as well. It levels the ground. Amen. You'll be shocked who you are talking to at the parking lot. You'll be shocked who you are drinking tea with at the foyer. You'll be shocked who is sitting next to you. Amen. The ground is leveled by the blood. Amen. And it is up to us to partake of that it's up to us to partake of that blessing. Listen to what the Bible says. In the book of Psalms, chapter 133, we are going to serve just now. Just wait, I am wrapping up. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Remember, it is pleasant if it is in unity. So in other words, it is never pleasant unto God if it is not in unity. So that is why we need to contend for the unity. We need to contend for the unity. Mark and avoid those who are causing discord because they are costing us a blessing. Listen to what the Bible says. It says in verse number three, I'm going to jump verse number two and go to verse number three. It says, it is like the Jew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Listen to this. This is simple English. God commanded the blessing there. So in other words, let me give you a cheap way to access the blessing. The state of unity. If you can just plug yourself into the state of unity, you will have a blessing that will flow. The Bible says it is like the Jew of Hermon. It says it flows down from the heads right down to the garments. In other words, no one can miss this blessing. Amen. But this blessing is already commanded Amen. there where there is unity. Amen. Amen. Where there is unity. Wow. Amen. So Mom is there a place of unity? Yes. yes, there is a place of unity. Amen. And the place of unity is in Christ. Yes. The place of unity Amen. is a state of oneness in your heart, a state of oneness in your mind, a state of oneness in all you are, in your spirit, in all that you are, in your walk with God. A state of oneness, a decision to say, I am belonging to a body and I am going to, to subject myself to become a member of this body. I'm going to unite myself with this body so that I can just get cheap blessing. That is already commanded. Instead of going to ask for a blessing to be commanded upon yourself only, there is one that has already been commanded. The Bible says there, the Lord has commanded the blessing already. In other words, God loves unity in such a way that He gives the blessing in advance. Amen. 
He commands the blessing in advance to say, I'm waiting for those who will plug in and be united. I'm waiting for those who will plug in and become members of the body for real and be attached, joined to one another, connected to one another. One hope, one love, one Lord, one baptism, one body. Not many bodies, but many members, one body. There, he has already commanded the blessing. Cheap way to access the blessing is unity. The cheapest way to access the blessing that has already been commanded, not the one that you are going to download for yourself, but the one that has already been commanded is to just plug in and be part of the body. Everything that is supposed to be done, you say, Lord, here I am. I am doing it. I'm plugging myself in as a member of this body. I'm giving myself as the member of this body. One body. One body. One body. And there, the Lord has already commanded the blessing. That's how you will get a cheap blessing belonging to the body. Let us stand. We are going to partake of the Holy Communion. Seek the unity. And subject yourself. It's not God who's going to come and cause you to be united to the body. You are going to do it yourself. You are going to tell yourself, I'm plugging in. In the year of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Jesus year, I am going to plug in because there is only one Lord and one body. One head and one body. And therefore I'm going to plug in and I'm going to become that which God wants me to become in the body. And then the blessing will flow. Amen. It only flows when brethren dwell together in unity. It says it is like the precious oil. So in other words, there are many kinds of oils. But the one that flows through unity is precious. It's precious. If I want to access precious anointing, precious grace, I must be in unity. Must be plugged in. Must not cause division and discord. Must work on myself. Become a better person. And be plugged in. Be connected, be joined in the body. And I will see myself growing and thriving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. Life forevermore. Already existing. Already there. All that you need to do, plug in. Be joined to the body. Don't be a hand that is just out there and not attached to the body. Your effectiveness will never be realized unless you are plugged in as the hand. 
Yes, we, we agree you are the hand and you are the strongest of hands. However, unless you are plugged in the body, you are useless. The body cannot use you. The head cannot use you unless you are plugged in the body. If you leave your hand at home and you want to pick something up, you will never be able to pick it up. No matter how strong the hand is, but it's not there to pick up what, it, what needs to be picked up. So that's an analogy I'm making. If you feel like maybe you are okay because maybe you've been hurt at church, you feel like I love the Lord and I'm just coming to church so that I can hear the word of the Lord, be connected to God. I don't want to be connected to anyone because I've been hurt. I'm so sorry you've been hurt. Even God is sorry that you were hurt. But people will always hurt you, no matter where you are. And God is not going to change because you are hurt. God still wants you to be active. God still wants you to be plugged in. God still wants you to be fully participating with all your heart in the body. In other words, cry because you were hurt by the body. But then remember that the head still wants you attached to the body. Heal and plug in again. Heal and plug in again. Heal and plug in again. There are many others whom God wants to use. But they said, the way I was so hurt, I'll just go to church and sit and not do anything. But today the Lord is talking to us. He's able to heal our hearts. But he's not going to change his mind. He is one Lord with one body. And you are supposed to be a part of that body. You are supposed to be an active part of that body. Plug in. Get over that head. It's wasting time. Get over the offense. It's wasting time. Get over the shame. It's wasting time. Because some of us have been so active in the body, but then things went wrong in our walk with God. And then the shame says, sit down. You're not worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy. And he wants you to be a part of the body. He wants you to fully participate in the body, no matter what has happened. Repent. Heal. Plug in. Plug in. That's how we will access the blessing. That's how we will access the precious oil. That's how our gifts will be effective. That's how we will then have fulfillment in our hearts. Unused gifts don't bring fulfillment. You are only fulfilled with, by your gift when you use it. 
And I said earlier on, God gave it to you, not for you. God gave it to you for others. You can only use it if you are plugged in. Father, we thank you for your blood. We are grateful that today we are able we are able to come boldly before the throne of God to obtain mercy in the time of need by reason of the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It washes us from all malice. This blood levels the ground for us that we come together and partake on the same table by reason of redemption. Thank you that you cause us to triumph. Thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that even as we partake, those, oh God, who've been hurt in the body, my God, complete healing by reason of the blood shall take place. Thank you that we will be healed. And my Father, we will be able to run and never be weary. We will walk and not faint. Thank you that today, as we partake of the Holy Communion, we decide that by reason of this blood that was shed for us at the, at the cross of Calvary, my God, we are able to be healed completely from all the past heads in the body. Thank you that we decide today to even plug in. Some of us thought that we can just come into church undetected and just go back home. There is no need for us. But today we see that you need us and we need the blessing that you have already commanded. So we are deciding to be united with the body. We are deciding to be a part of this one body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why do we decide to become the part of this one body? Because we trust the head. One Lord. One Lord. One Lord. One Lord. We trust you. And therefore we are going to take another chance and plug into the body again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Help us as we partake to even obtain the grace to do it. Obtain the grace to stand up. Obtain the grace to plug in again. Obtain the grace to become part and fully participate in the body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.